WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. And we are back. You are listening to the student section NFL on WVUA 90.7, where you can actually find us on TuneIn and Live 360 apps, also on Apple and Spotify. Just to throw that out there, you know, for the casual fans who didn't know. But um, let me ask you guys. My, well, first of all, I'm sorry. I'm just such in a rush trying to get this all situated, but I'm your host, Jalen Brooks, and I'm with my co host, as always, Tanner Thompson. Oh, my bad, Tanner. Don't, are you not on? I don't think so. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> oh, my fault. <laughs> I think Jayla just wanted to be mean to me at the top of the show. That's all. I was No, I just didn't know what you were pointing, you were pointing to. Okay. So I was a little confused. So I was like, what's okay. happening? But no anyway. worries, man. How are you here. doing? Oh, I'm great, man. My mic's on. I can talk now. I okay, feel there good. we go. I'm not freaking <laughs> that was out my now. Own, that, was my own, that was my only. <laughs> no, you're all good. Uh, Connor, how are you doing? Uh, I haven't said it in a while. So I will say I'm doing quite swell after the Eagles' new hires. But I'm just a little disappointed how this uh, championship weekend turned out. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, the game that I would predict to be like the best playoff game ever kind of let us down just a little bit. A little but, bit. But before we continue, last but not least, Evan Cisneros. How you doing, bud? Fantastic. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're all hanging in there and kind of just anxious, you know, to go go over these games that we just saw this past weekend. We have a whole lot to talk about, and we might as well just go ahead and start with the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat the Ravens with a final score of 17-10. So you already know that the Chiefs are sending the Ravens home for a cruel summer. The Chiefs are going on for their fourth Super Bowl <laughs> visit in five I like years. That one, this guy. <laughs> this guy. And Patrick Mahomes now moves to 4-2 and two in the AFC Championship. The two losses only coming to Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. So first of all, before we get into this game, let's just go ahead and talk about it just a little bit. I know Mahomes, he started off hot. Going down that first drive, I want to say 86 yards down the field where he seemed to be connecting with Travis Kelsey, automatically coming away with that first touchdown. Kelsey, coming into the matchup, trailed Jerry Rice for all-time receptions in the NFL playoffs. And by, you know, not, no surprise, he got it. He got it in, like, the first half, didn't he? Yeah. yeah I'm he trailed sure him by six, too. Yeah. Six receptions for a tight end and a half is... 145 for Kelsey, and uh, Rice had 151. So, yeah. yeah, I think by the end of the first quarter, he got it, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Jerry I am, Rice? I am normally, real quick, I am normally a uh, confident Gronk is the best tight end of all time. Uh, I guess, I don't know what now I don't want to give that, but uh, the I think that Travis Kelsey is definitely starting to make me it's reconsider hard. that I think take. he's getting into the conversation more as like, okay, you can actually justify Travis yeah. Kelsey being there. I think Gronk's still there with the rings and everything, and... And he even blocked it when he was uh, had to. Travis Kelsey is, I would say, probably the best receiving tight end. No doubt, he's no doubt the best receiving tight yeah. end in the league. And he, he plays the position slightly differently, but you know that's yeah. a conversation for another day. Especially at this point, um, it's hard to argue that he's not definitely not in that conversation. Um, just to go back real quick, Jerry Rice only needed 31 playoff games to set this uh, record. Kelsey only needed 21. So that just wow. goes to could show you how. Uh, Impressive. He can actually break the all-time touchdown, I think, um, in super in the Super Bowl. Really? So he's not that far behind on that either. So, I mean, I could be mistaken. I'm going to double-check and come okay. back to you on that. But he's right there on the all-time touchdown. I would not be too. surprised at all. Yeah, at all. so, I mean, but just to keep going, um, Kelsey was dominant. He fought for his right to party. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to go to the same thing, like, but, you know, I fell right there. But... Let's go ahead and dive into this a little bit. They tried everything to stop him. Kyle Hamilton, that was a matchup we were wa- looking at, the safety uh, rookie. 
um, out of Notre Dame, right? I'm yeah, sure he's out yeah, of Notre yeah. Dame. Second year, I got guy out of Notre Dame. Absolute beast, man. Yeah, I mean, he like, had a hey, he's great, great day. I mean, kinda. I'll get I'll get into it a little bit. Um, I, what I noticed the Chiefs did offensively, um, they kind of they had Travis Kelsey in the slot for a lot of this game, for so much of this game, and I think they did that because the Ravens, uh, their defensive. What makes that defense great is their ability to um, rotate post snap and to re- and to just absolutely confuse every quarterback they face. And unfortunately, they had to face Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. But that's what makes them a great team. They have, know how to make a quarter. They know where the quarterback's going to look, and they know how to um, be coordinated in that effort to make sure guys you know don't slip through the cracks. That's a big theme of teams that do practice that post snap movement. Um, stuff but they are super coordinated and they usually get that done really well but by having Travis Kelsey in the slot all day that it, it kind of made them have Kyle Hamilton on them no matter what they couldn't position Kyle Hamilton in different spots if t- Travis Kelsey is in the slot you have to have somebody over him and that's what Kyle Hamilton did and Kyle Hamilton had some good reps especially when they were in man but Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey that uh, what you mentioned earlier, that uh, back shoulder, low back shoulder touchdown to Kelsey to get that first touchdown, that was unbelievable, unbelievable throw, unbelievable catch. That's just the greatest playoff duo of all time uh, working together. And, would you um, put him above Tom? Greatest playoff I duo. I would. You would? Yes. Okay. That's I my. Mean, I think that's my official take. See, that's a, that's a it's that's a hot topic. It's a we, bold, we can talk. We can talk it's about a bold it. take. I will say we can talk. I don't think. Um, I think you can make the argument that, um, like Gronk and Brady, maybe they have the numbers and maybe they have the. Um, I guess they would probably. They definitely have the rings, but in my opinion, I don't think that any two. I'm emphasizing the duo aspect, and I don't think that any quarterback and I don't think any two players in NFL history have worked together successfully, um, and by producing off of each other, if that makes sense, like. Kelsey bails Mahomes out of spots, and Mahomes uh, helps Kelsey out by, you know, giving him time to just do whatever he wants because, you know, can't cover everybody with the plays lasting six seconds, which Mahomes tends to be really good at. Great examples like uh, when Travis Kelsey was scrambling, then he had that diving catch when exactly. Mahomes was getting hit. That was like a 10-second play or something ridiculous. But um, that and they always know where the other one is supposed to be. Um, and, again, you know, Kelsey, former quarterback, I'm well, going back and watching some of this game. They're almost every time that, you know, everyone talks about with Kelsey, his ability to find the soft spot in the zone. And, um, but when you go back and actually watch it, he, there was multiple times he was literally equidistant from three zone defenders. He was equidistant from all of them in the literally the perfect hole in the zone. And it's just, you know, it's not like he can have a, his head on a swivel the whole time and be able to tell where, you know, see exactly where everyone is. It's just instinct. He looks at where the safety rotates. He looks at what the linebacker does, and he decides, all right, I'm going to head here and sit down, you know, 10 yards up. And Mahomes always knows where he's going to go. And I think for that reason is why I have these guys as my best uh, duo of all time because of the actual duo aspect and how they play well off of each other. I mean, yeah, I I can see what you're saying. I just think you can't really just, uh, just dismiss the rings. Like, I mean – Gronk, we, we were just talking about Gronk probably, what, the best tight end as of right now? With Tom Brady, who is probably the GOAT. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to make a decision as of right now, but I would still confidently say Tom and Gronk would still, I mean. I, think, about, I mean, dude, Kelsey having the playoff numbers that we already know he has. I know we're talking about 
Brady and Gronk. But what about Rice and Montana? Are we forgetting them? That's not unfair. I, I still that I think I would still go back to my previous point of right. the you know duo aspect and the chemistry that uh, Mahomes and Kelsey have. But you know, obviously, that's still a good take, and that would probably be the three. But for Travis Kelsey, a tight end, to have the most receptions in playoff history, that says a lot for the duo aspect in the playoffs. And I, that's just as a counter to your rings argument. You know, if he's having those numbers in the playoffs, I think that speaks more to their duo specifically. He was part of the, you know, maybe part of the more dominant team over however many years it was. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, give you that. But in terms of the duo that just dominates every time they set foot on a postseason football field, it has to be Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. No, like, and speaking to your point, I think we even just saw that even not going to just on the plays they make on the field, but how they're dominating mentally. I Absolutely. mean, first of all, let's talk about the bad blood they had pregame. You know, Patrick Mahomes right. and Travis Kelsey going over by Justin Tucker, messing with the kickoff stuff a little pregame. Right. I know we some other players on the teams got into it as well. I think it was their cornerback. Um, but also, just on the field later, a little bit later, we saw time and time again that Kelsey and Pat Mahomes were just kind of getting the Ravens to beat themselves, forcing penalties. I know a big yeah. one being Kelsey forcing that 15-yard penalty right before the half, getting the Chiefs that right. uh, last-second field goal. Um, you could just see that the Chiefs were obviously a team that had been there before. And coming in with a team that we had so so like just such high expectations on for the Ravens. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Tell me, Tanner, as someone who picked the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl, right? not to – Bring that up and like. I was that face. close, Ben. I was that close. <laughs> yeah, you were very close. I, I had you, it preseason, but we we missed it by one, man. Yeah, just one. I mean, yeah. it's like when you like have your parlay and you just miss it by yeah, one. Leg. Exactly. But just as someone who had the Ravens going all the way, tell me what disappointed you the most about their uh, performance. I think that again, I think from a just observer standpoint, like as somebody who for this take, you don't really have to know that much football to take away the fact what you said earlier that the Chiefs just looked like they have been there before because they have a million times. That is, I think that was obvious for the whole game. And I think that was probably the one of the bigger, you know, mental things going into the game for the Ravens. I thought at times that the Ravens tried to set a tried to set a precedent of physicality. Because that's kind of that team, that's kind of what that team is. They have a lot of great players in Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton. But there were times where I felt like they were trying to prioritize like physicality and like a big hit over yeah. over getting the stop that they needed, and um, they abandoned the run game early, which I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's the Chiefs. Honest, like again, I can't, uh, I cannot boost this Chiefs defense enough. I think this is a incredible defense with some, you know, some aspects of it being personnel, but a lot of it being. Steve Spagnolo, amazing job. He Spagnuolo has done has been a killing it unbelievable job. Um, what the way they stop the run, and even when they don't always, they honestly usually don't have the uh, box matchup that you would be looking for from offense or a hack count. They call it. It's just matching up all of your blockers to all the defenders. And um, but the way they do that is because they have such versatile defenders in Trent McDuffie in uh, Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton. You have these in Justin Reed. You have these guys that can make plays across the field. And what they do is just switch those assignments post-snap, kind of like I said the Ravens did earlier. But what the Chiefs do a lot is they will switch their snap looks to cover zero. And they and 
I honestly don't get how he does it, but Steve Spagnuolo knows exactly where the quarterback's going to look. He knows exactly what the offensive line is going to do when somebody, you know, fakes coming down and things like that. But the amount of times that they just had a free rusher and it was just enough to just confuse Lamar. And that's what modern defenses do well, but I don't think I've seen one do the specific rotations as well as the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs did a fantastic job. I was a little nervous at first. I mean, you know, obviously they stopped the Ravens on that first drive, and I was right. like, okay, you know, let's see what Lamar's going to do. And then Lamar responds, you know, with that Absolutely. beautiful, unbelievable what was that, that play was crazy. One of my flowers. favorite Lamar plays I've ever watched. I was so excited. I was like, there you go. But you know, ultimately, you know, hindsight. After that play, I thought this was going to be one of the greatest games oh, we've yeah. ever seen. I thought my take was going to like looking pretty yeah. good, like one of the greatest <laughs> games of all time. But I think. One thing that we were missing was like what two plays before that it was that fourth and one and you have Lamar take off for what thirty yards yeah so like that. that set up the play and then you get to what second and long and he dodges a sack he ducks under right and he just throws a dime to Zay Flowers and yeah Zay Flowers he didn't have a great I mean yeah he didn't have a great game uh, yeah. that fumble on the goal line cost him all that taunting penalty which some might argue really is it like Travis Kelsey kind of does the same thing. I think the only thing about that taunting penalty was the directness of it to the other player. The what see what we see Travis Kelsey do all game is him celebrating, is him you know pointing his hand forward, getting like you know screaming and getting you know uh, angry himself. But I think what he's good at is not directing it at somebody else, and I think that may be what refs look for when they make that call. And with Zay Flowers, he pushed Legarius Sneed down to the ground and then stood over him and looking at him. Travis well, Kelsey will look away from him. Yeah, exactly. The, well, you laugh you're, like really loud in your face. Yeah, exactly. You know he's laughing at you. <laughs> you're yeah. talking about pushing him to the ground. I mean, I saw at the end of the play, Legarius Sneed was holding his leg. Yeah, as he, he was, was trying responding. to get up. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he was just trying to get him off him. I think the thing that got it was the ball. He just kind of threw the ball near his head. So. Right. I think that's what did it, but kind of like the Chauncey Garner to Baker, just like toss it back at him. Yeah, but like you know, he's yeah. on the ground. I so. and the shout out Jarius Sneed for that play. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Ten seconds later, like that was, was unbelievable. And that's yeah. what I was going to mention. Like we said, like I was a little, like I said, I was a little worried at first, but in that second half, the Chiefs defense really started to show through, and I think it really comes down to that that play of the game with Jerry Sneed. Uh, oh, absolutely. Did I say that name correctly? Yeah, yes. Jerry Sneed. Well I done. Did. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. But like he made. Probably the play of the night, absolutely. And just save the Chiefs Super Bowl chances. So there's I mean, some there's some statistic about turning the ball over in the end zone or the red zone and how much it drastically changes your chances to win a game. I don't know what it is specifically, but I know it's pretty drastic. And to do that twice in a game, it's it's really hard to win football games, especially when the other guy going down the field is Patrick Mahomes, who, in my opinion, has very few weaknesses and only plays better in the playoffs. You have to, you know, you have to have those moments. And if you have multiple in the red zone slash end zone, that's what kills games. Yeah, it's going to be hard to beat, especially, unfortunately, for Lamar. Like I think you're referring to his interception, like that one as well. Triple yeah. coverage. That yeah. was. I couldn't stop laughing when Isaiah, Isaiah likely put his he hand threw up. Threw the like, mailbox up, yeah. man. That was crazy. I'm open. I'm open in the triple coverage. Yeah. I don't know. That was. It was tough to see. It for, was. From Isaiah Likely, just because. He had been, I mean, having such a great, like, you know. Up. He's, he's oh, been yeah. balling yeah, his, enti- really his entire season. Yeah. It was just that one play, the I'm open, I'm open, and he yeah. looks at him, and it's. Honestly, I mean, I don't know. I, I uh, didn't go back and look at that specific look that the Chiefs gave them. But, again, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about those post-snap rotations, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the Chiefs literally do whatever they want. At points this season, actually, while playing the Dolphins, um, they literally they start out a look in too high. And um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, and then they start to rotate down. Like one safety comes down, the other one starts to drift back. And I think they do that because the Dolphins throw inbreakers like almost no one else in football. They love their inbreakers. So when they do that, you know, when you're playing cover one and you're in man, the corners, they have to give them inside leverage because they want to feed somebody inside. And so he thought he was going to have that. But then literally before the, when the snap happens, the, guy, the safety who came down to play this low mid zone bolts upfield, and now it's cover two man again. All the corners are playing inside leverage. Even their assignments change, and all the guys who are playing other receivers, like, you know, looking at the play, there's a certain man alignment. Everyone's standing over somebody. But when the ball is snapped, the guys who are covering are all inside of – are the next inside man of all the receivers. And then all of a sudden, you know – that's actually the I think if I don't know if you guys remember, but that's the play that Tua floated up a ball across the middle, uh, went too high, went to the next safety. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's just because he got frazzled, didn't you know, didn't know what to do. The look was changed entirely in two seconds. Tried to get it out and missed it. And again, I can't emphasize enough how well the Chiefs do that to opposing quarterbacks. It's unbelievable. I know when we're talking about the Chiefs, we shouted out Drew Tranquil, who had a great game, Legarius oh, yeah. Need. Justin Reed, all these guys are everywhere. But one thing I really want to highlight is that Chiefs defense just made life so miserable for the offensive line. I mean, George Karloftis was everywhere. Before um, Charles Charles Amenehu, yeah, he got that ACL. strip sack. Yeah, he, yeah. he tore his ACL, so we're just wishing for a speedy recovery. But, I mean, Chris Jones, they were just everywhere. Lamar Jackson didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, uh, they, can, they contained him pretty well, if I they remember, did. Quickly, remember correctly. And I think they were able to commit to that because how early the Ravens abandon the run game. Yeah, I don't that's one thing with the Ravens is you build like your pride is your running game. With yeah. the quarterback and the running backs you have and I Dalvin Cook, which did he get a snap? I don't think I so. I don't think so. But Gus, Gu- Edwards. Gus Edwards Gus who Edwards has been great. Yeah. Justice Hill has been great. And so I just don't really get why you would deviate from the run just like that. I mean, besides Lamar had eight carries, the rest had the rest of the running backs had eight. Exact. Save Flowers had two, and then Gus and Justice both had three carries. Wow. Which shouldn't happen in a playoff game. You would think it again, allows them to commit to the pass like that. Mm-hmm. And the, again, you know, I, I don't want to talk over, way too overly about the Chiefs defense because I already have. But for the sake of the run defense, what they do different than a lot of teams is they have a lot of teams have moved to like smaller, more athletic guys on the defensive line recently. But the Chiefs are still rolling with, you know, Chris Jones, Derek Noddy. And um, those great guys on the edge and George Karloftis. And, um, but in the run game, they don't try to beat the offensive line. They just stay there. They yeah. just stay there and they occupy gaps and they let everybody else crash down and go make a play. And that's why you see the safeties making plays all the time for the Chiefs and McDuffie and things like that. And, um, again, it's just an entirely different brand of defense that the Ravens didn't face, and I think that may have been why. It's going to be interesting, especially to see if they can get Lajarius Sneed to stay in Kansas City. Right. Um, we'll see what happens there. But, Evan, as someone who picked the Chiefs to win, just real quick, your thoughts on the game before we head to break. I think, well, not to toot my own horn, but I've called it since about week five that the Ravens were not built for this moment. And I have a I contest to that, but we'll get to it later. Please continue. I think you could see it in Lamar. He kind of went away from his game, and don't get me wrong, he's a great player, top three quarterback for sure, but he doesn't need to just be a passer. And it seemed like a lot of those times when he's getting all that pressure around him, he wants to stay and sit in the pocket when they're giving him lanes. And if he plays his game, he could just run it. But I think he gets frazzled and he starts to doubt himself. And I think it comes down to a maturity thing, and I hope he can grow from it because I love Lamar, but – 
Oh, they did not play Ravens football last Sunday. Yeah, it was as you're a Ravens if you're a Ravens fan that was hard to watch and I'm sorry for that you had to go through experience all through that, but the Chiefs do it once again. Um they have no problem just being the anti-hero and let's hope the Ravens aren't in a blank space. But when we come back from break, you are listening. We are going to talk about the Lions and we're going to talk about the 49ers. You're listening to the Student Section NFL on WVUA 90.7. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa. And we are back. You are listening to the student section NFL on WVUA 90.7. Available on TuneIn, Live 365 apps, Apple Podcasts, and of course, Spotify. Tanner, I made sure to turn on your mic this time, so you sh- don't Thanks, feel left man. out. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Can't have a repeat of last Glad time. Glad I can participate this it time. It's unacceptable. That's my <laughs> job. I, I apologize. But we are back continuing uh, our conversation about the recap of this past weekend in the NFL uh, divisional rounds, the championship rounds, excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, and now it's time, if you're a Lions fan, uh, hang in with me here. Don't lose yourself as we, talk, as we talk about the Lions versus the 49ers. <laughs> Tanner caught it. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just a slightly different word that just doesn't quite make sense. That's all you have to think about. Uh, as you can see, I came prepared. Yes, um, we can We can tell. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and talk about this game. Um, first of all, let's just go ahead and mention, um, Connor, why don't you lead us off? You've had that narrative about Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan um, not being able to get to the big game or win the big game. Well, this might be the year. Is there anything that you saw out of this game that – changes your mind or persuades you that this might be the 49ers year? Uh, I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl just because, I mean, they've been dominated by the run each and every week at the playoffs so far. Uh, I know it's not all Kyle Shanahan for the defense and stuff, and it's Steve Wilkes and all that kind of stuff, but you just look at the D-line. Chase Young, I've heard reports that are considered benching him. I don't know if that's true just because of the lack of effort. Yeah, that viral clip is pathetic yeah uh chase now we all know why <laughs> chase young word, but yeah. we know why chase young went for uh, a third round pick and montez sweat went for a second seems too high still it it does because i mean week in and week out we can see chase young just getting either abused or just taking plays off but I, it worries me because the 49ers congrats you make it to the super bowl kyle shanahan is what three and 40 now and entering the yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, behind five-plus points going into the, like the second half or something like that. So it's still not a great record, but, I mean, he did it back-to-back weeks against the Packers, which, I mean, you really shouldn't be down by that much against the Packers. <laughs> and the Lions, who, ha- who had, a great, had a great season, can't knock them for anything, but their defense still. Cam Sutton has been able to tackle all season. C.J. Gardner-Johnson has been talking a lot, but I don't want to say he did he didn't really have that great of a game. He, right. uh, that Christian McCaffrey stiff arm was bad. The, it was a bad look for waving goodbye to the 49ers fans after the first half. That was tough, man. So, it's, I mean, yeah. The defense hasn't been great all season, and the 49ers are still struggling to beat these teams who they should easily beat with four or five all pros on the offense. Uh, three to four, was it? They should have like three to four all pros on defense with Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. Uh, Tretavius Ward. Right. Uh, is it Greenlaw? Is Hafunga uh, 
I feel like he's a pro bowler this year. Hufanga tore his ACL early. Oh, really? Like midway through the season. So bad take on my part. (laughs) I just, I think they should definitely be doing more than they are right now. So that's how I feel on Kyle Shanahan. I think we'll get to the preview later on, but this will be a tough, a tough coaching coaching gig against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes coming up. So, yeah. So Tanner, as someone like you know. I think we were all here kind of rooting for the Lions because, you know, one's the... Absolutely. It's the Lions story. It's like, who doesn't want to root for a team, like, you know, you know, who's had so much history and not getting there, so... Right. But unfortunate that it's against the 49ers in a mastermind, coaching mastermind in Kyle Shanahan. Um, but give me your thoughts on that game. I know Lions fans are a little bit disappointed, but they've got to be kind of optimistic. I mean, I don't think any of us had the Lions going this far. I would, be, I would definitely be optimistic if they're keeping Ben Johnson now. Yeah, so that's a that's a huge move. That's huge. Absolutely, I think um, good for the Lions and good for Ben Johnson that he's staying. Um, I was a little bit worried that their uh, lack of personnel on defense was going to catch up to him, mainly in the secondary, um, and especially against a team like the 49ers that has a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who is a really really good wideout, Debo Samuel, who's just a the ultimate utility on the football field and then you have the best receiving back in the league best, best back running in the league, back which has been my take for a long time uh for the record but um obviously looks better now than it has in the past but um but yeah when you have to deal with all those things sometimes you really need personnel there's a phrase i hear a lot that's not ex- it's not always x's and o's a lot of times it's jimmy's and joe's and that is what i felt watching this at points um and also i mean good for the Niners to stick to their offense for the second half they waited for their opportunities, and they capitalized. Um, great on Brock Purdy, orchestrating a really good comeback. I will say I will give Brock Purdy a lot of props because he looked horrendous in that first half, but he he got his nerves together, and he, he pulled out a great second half to come back. And not even in the second half, just the third quarter in general. Right. They came back from, what, down 17? Right. And, I mean, it's really surprising that, you know, it sucks for the Lions to lose the lead they had, especially when – the Lions are a phenomenal running team, and the Niners um, don't. They never really faced a great run that often over the course of the year. And when they did, they were kind of middle of the pack. I think I don't think they were exceptional at it. But, um, so you know, when you get down twenty four seven, you have to think that <clears throat> you have to think that everything is going in the Lions' favor. Not only because of the deficit, but because being able to run the ball in that scenario is a huge advantage. That means you are, you know generally not turning the ball over and running the clock down. And that's that's the recipe to winning football games once you gain a lead. And, you know, it's obviously a bad course of events for the Lions. Couldn't get things to go their way. Um, and the Ravens just stepped up, man. It's kind of hard to, you know. The Ravens? Yeah, excuse me, the Niners. Jesus. I will say the still thing. Still thinking about your bet. Yeah. <laughs> still sad about it. I think the thing that changed the momentum of the game was that Brock Purdy deep shot to Brandon Ayuk that, Oh yeah. Who was the uh, was it Sutton? I can't remember who the DB was. I don't was. think it was Sutton. It just hit off just hit off his helmet and Brandon Ayuk made an incredible catch. Right. At that point I was like, okay, everything's going to go to the 49ers way now. And it's just a matter of time until they come back into this game. Yeah. So, I saw that Retro Bowl commented on that play, which I think is awesome because if you've ever played Retro Bowl, I have never played Retro Bowl. Wow. No. I Played it a little bit, is but that game wow. I haven't been great. It's not like the like, really, like you looks, slide. It looks like an arcade game, but it's a football game. You like yeah. manage a team okay, and stuff. Yeah. Free sponsor, I guess, for the <laughs> for Retro Bowl. Oh, the app game? 
Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yes, I have that downloaded. I know <laughs> the other Retro Bowl. Oh, well, but I didn't know what you were talking. I didn't know it was like an old arcade game. Like, is the, there another Retro Bowl that I'm not familiar with? Well, I didn't know. Like, I was talking. About, like, I was thinking of like you were talking about an old I, arcade. I game. I knew what yeah. you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's funny because I do have that. But yeah, game exactly. But you get it when like you see it like now hearing that and seeing that they commented on it, it's like wow where have we seen this before? That, I think it's really funny because that's a Retro Bowl commonplace. But again, when things like that go your way for a football team. That's the kind of stuff that gets the players going. One, it's you know converting a what could have been an interception to a you know fifty yard play, and that alone, that's what you know, it's what completely flips momentum, which is a big thing people were talking about leaving this game. Now, let me ask you this: There's a lot of um, narratives about two things. One, Brock Purdy, you know, obviously, of course, right? Because you know that narrative has been around since he's been entered the league. It seems like, um, and I get it because he is a seventh round pick, and it, it doesn't seem like he's like had the toughest road to get to the Super Bowl, but I think he's definitely changed the narrative a little bit now that he's going to the Super Bowl for the second time. I mean, not the second time, but, you know, back to the NFC Championship and right. now has won it. But also, so basically let me get towards the question. Is it more of Brock Purdy? Did Brock Purdy show you something, or was it Dan Campbell and his coaching decisions? I definitely think Brock Purdy showed something. I've never been a huge Brock Purdy fan just because I think he gets thrown into conversations with Josh Allen's. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson's, all these top quarterbacks when I think he is a game manager, but there are definitely times where he can make elite throws. I mean, he used his legs a lot in the second half. He extended plays a lot. So he had he had a great second half, I will say. But also at the same time, Dan Campbell, if you kick those two field goals, this is a completely different game. Yeah. Because then they have to, you know, be a little bit more aggressive, which if we look in the in their uh, resume, they haven't been great when they're down because they get too aggressive and Sometimes Brock Purdy sails one, or I'm just saying I think it's a completely different game if Dan Campbell kicks the ball, but I will give my flowers to Brock Purdy. I would have to agree. I mean, Brock Purdy, um, I've definitely called him a game manager before, and um, maybe I still believe that to an extent, but, man, I felt like watching him in the second half. I kind of felt like, because, you know, in the Shanahan offense, you know, if you know anything about it, it's generally that it needs to be run his way. And no other way. There's not room for. There's not really room for improvisation. Things need to happen in a very specific order. The timing has to be right. All that. But it kind of felt like that. That still went well at times. But Brock Purdy did what he had to do to push the offense down the field and kind of, you know, wasn't afraid to abandon things that maybe weren't in the, uh, you know, in the in the specific plan for that drive. And mm-hmm. um, I think that may have been the difference. You could you could see that he chucked the ball a little bit earlier sometimes when he saw that, you know, backers had dropped back and they were, you know, 15 yards downfield. He tucked the ball early and he went and go went and got 10 yards. And um, I think that's maybe. That aggressiveness is maybe what uh, Brock Purdy fans were waiting to see. Um, I guess I probably shouldn't. Brock Purdy fans are very, very supportive of Brock Purdy. Yes. But um, I think it's probably what I was waiting to see more accurately. One thing that does interest me is when the 49ers do have to end up paying their star talent. Like, I know they already paid Debo. I think Didn't they give Christian McCaffrey an extension when they traded for him? Yeah, I believe they did. Uh, I mean, has George Kittle been paid yet? I think so. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure George Kittle has been. I'm not. I don't. I'm not quite sure if he's gotten. I think his contract might be coming up in the next few years. Brandon Ayuk hasn't gotten paid yet. Still waiting for Fred Warner pay uh, pay raise. Nick Bosa just got paid. I want to see what happens when they either have to pay some of these guys or they go somewhere else. And if Brock Purdy can still continue to do it without these four to five All Pros on the offensive side of the ball. And to your point, Kittle did just sign a five year extension. Oh, 
Well, that was in 2021, so it's coming up in two years. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he is getting ready to come back up and renegotiate, to your point. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Tanner, you were making the point about the 49ers offense. Right. And you, we spent the first half talking a little bit about the Chiefs' defense. Now, looking at this matchup, the you know Chiefs versus 49ers, our Super Bowl matchup, a <laughs> rematch of 2020, by right. the way, where the Chiefs uh, ended up winning with a final score 31 to 20 over the 49ers. I think um, the 49ers had a chance to come back and win it, but I don't. Bear with they, me. Garoppolo j- <laughs> overthrew yes. that pass to Emmanuel Sanders. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember if that was all. I remember is against that. the Packers or if that was against the Chiefs. I know Jimmy Garoppolo had a costly turnover right. that and game, and I think it was. I, I want to say it was the Emmanuel Sanders and was picked off. But I'll go back and revisit that, or Evan, if you don't mind searching that up, being our little uh, producer. I appreciate our appreciate little that. producer. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Wow, <laughs> yeah, no. Evan, thank you for everything you yeah, do. Yeah, thank you so much. But yeah, I do appreciate it. You guys just made it weird. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the conversation at hand. Um, now that Kyle Shanahan is going back to his third Super Bowl, is this the year that he finally gets it done? And, Tanner, since you kind of gave us your opinions on both sides of the ball, where right. do you start from here? Um, I think that the matchup of Kyle Shanahan and Steve Spagnuolo is going to be um, just a complete chess match uh, start to finish. That being said, I don't even know close to the amount of football that these guys do, so it's hard for me to make a prediction on who's going to out-coach uh, the other because, again, these guys are genuine geniuses at what they do. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that. I think Spag should be considered – is starting to and probably should be soon considered as one of the better defensive coordinators of all time. And um, But, yeah, I think that that degree adds kind of, adds kind of a randomness to it because you don't really know someone could just have one specific game plan that just completely works and just kills the other team and you never saw it coming kind of like the Ravens and the Chiefs to where they just got it and it worked well but you know it's I'm kind of dancing around it because I don't want to make a prediction because I don't because I honestly have no idea but it's if Spags can find the Niners in the right looks to where, again, he could take advantage of that of those post-snap rotations and confuse Brock Purdy, especially in an offense that is that is somewhat, I don't want to say rigid, but again, it's defined by a very clear plan. Everyone's doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And then you have the Chiefs, who they have great play calls, but then Mahomes extends the play by six seconds, and Travis Kelsey go, runs an entirely different route he's not supposed to, but also gets open by five yards. Or Rasheed Rice, who's been coming on. And Rasheed Rice has been, he's absolutely played well this year. And, um, again, it's a tough call, but I think that, again, I said it earlier, in my opinion, the best playoff duo of all time, that's going to give Steve Wilkes nightmares for one. I don't know what he's going to do about that. Obviously, he has Fred Warner, but the Ravens had Kyle Hamilton. And I don't know. I'd be, I'd be scared if on both sides, honestly. That's, there's no other way to get around it. I agree with you. I think as of right now, it's really early into, like, everything going on so absolutely i'm not gonna make a prediction until next week i refuse to i mean that's i mean yeah that's fine yeah we don't have to right (laughs) yeah i kind of thought about it i was like wait oh yeah yeah (laughs) since i'm not going to be here next week though yikes oh i will make my prediction now and this of course we can all just not gonna be at our pre-super bowl show yeah that's kind of disappointing that's i I have to go to a wedding so i'm sorry oh well out in arizona but that's kind of fun I not will say Super Bowl fun. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sitting in a room talking about the Super Bowl. But. 
when it comes to this, the Chiefs game and the forty like the Chiefs and 49ers, I will say, it's definitely like Tanner said, it's going to be a very big chess game between the DC and OC for the for both respective teams. I just think it's I don't want to say it because I think do think this is going to be a great game, but I just I think the Chiefs will I don't want to say have their way, but I think Pacheco is definitely going to do some damage to that 49ers run defense because Absolutely. I mean we look at Aaron Jones who isn't the best when going through contact. He's had a pretty good season. He had, he had, I'm saying like when he like yards after contact. Okay. He isn't the top guy. Like Pacheco yeah. will run through multiple players. David Montgomery is closer to Pacheco than Aaron Jones, and he had a great game. Jameer Gibbs was also amazing through it throughout that game. Also, I just think Pro Bowl. Sorry, not to cut you off. Just <laughs> oh yeah, to say that Pro Bowl. Bit, you know, Bama. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs Pro Bowl. I just think Pacheco will give the 49ers interior defensive line nightmares. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, to your credit, will also give Steve Wilkes a lot of nightmares. And I just think what Spagnola can do on the defense side of the ball, it's not going to stop Debo Samuel, Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, all those kind of guys. But I do think it'll do what they did to Lamar and just confuse right. him, probably go away from their usual game plan. Yeah. And it's going to be fun, but I will say, since I'm not going to be here next week, Chiefs in a close one. There you go away from the game plan I pulled up the clip and they were down 11 with one minute and Debo Samuel had a kind of open cut Garoppolo tried to lock the ball and that's just not who he is threw a pick to Kendall Fuller to ice the game in Super Bowl uh, okay. it was, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo leading game-winning drives I never yeah, really have sure. I don't think it works and uh, I think there's a reason that Aiden O'Connell is the starting Raiders quarterback but yeah it's a fourth round pick I might add yeah, yeah. So, rookie yeah but uh, when we come back we're going to finish up and we're going to talk about changes around the league um, some interesting things to go off there Bill Belichick I thought he was handed headed to Atlanta but it turns out not anymore. So we'll have more on that when we come back. You are listening to the student section NFL. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. And we are back. You're listening to the student section on NFL 90.7, the capstone. Also available, once again, might I add, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on TuneIn and Live 365 apps. So just like to throw that out there for the Ooh, third and final time. Good to know. <laughs> no, I did not. No one told me to say that. I was definitely told to say that. You're promoting your own show, man. It's okay. Why Why would you, like... <laughs> it's your own... You're, you're, you're hosting your, own show. your show right now. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just messing around. Guys, you know. <laughs> All right. All right, dude. <laughs> but going back to our conversation about the NFL, let's go ahead and talk about Bill Belichick. A little last week we talked about, um, you know, well, I kind of just kind of thought it was a done deal by the way the rumors were sounding. I kind of said that the Bill Belichick was headed over to Atlanta, um, but instead they decided to go in a different direction, hiring Raheem Morris, the new coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Who was the interim. The old interim, The man. old interim during, what, 2020? Yep. Listen, yeah. as a Panthers fan, this is awesome. Because I know every Atlanta fan has just recognized the past three years were just a waste of time. That's There's no other way to put it. You had the interim guy, and now here he is after, you know, a few years of going other places, and they just have that same guy again. It's kind of like, 
I guess it's not like that, but like you know, the Raiders. <laughs> you <laughs> gave up immediately like, on that take. Huh? Like that. Yeah, I thought about it. Like I was like, uh, but I was just trying to say, like in terms of the Raiders, you know, because yeah. they had the coach. Like I f- always thought they should have gone with Rich. Uh, I can't say his last name. Bisiaga. Yeah, something like that. Bisa- old, I think it's Bisaccia. I think it's Rich yeah. Bisaccia. Yeah, but I thought you know they they had him and then they let him go and then obviously that was a mess and then they hired another like interim coach, which is kind of right. like I thought, why not? Just go with Rich, but it seems to be the case here. But it turns out um, from rumors, like you know how much we got to put in the, the like believing those, especially yeah. now that I'm here saying let's not believe those. But um, <laughs> Bill apparently right. wanted more control. That makes and sense. Author Blank wanted him from the jump, but apparently other personnel, front office personnel, just didn't want Bill Belichick. He didn't. They didn't want him making, you know, full converse like full control over the team like he did with the Patriots yeah. and GM responsibilities. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Arthur Smith listened to his staff. That's well, not pretty. Arthur Smith, but Arthur Blank. Yeah. Arthur, excuse me, Arthur Blank. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is surprising, especially, um, I know a lot of Atlanta, uh, Atlanta fans were like kind of upset about like not getting built, but I mean, yeah, I don't think they should be too upset because Mike Tomlin, uh, he was on the pivot not too long ago. And this is the quote he had on Raheem Morris. Um, I know that some of the guys being denied are in the top 32. Raheem Morris is one of the best coaches I know and have been around, and they don't have a head job, and he doesn't have a head job. I don't have any problem saying it, and I've never had any problem saying it. So, wow. Big, like, words from, High praise. from Mike Tomlin. Since yeah. we're talking about the Falcons and the Steelers, today Arthur Smith just signed he as sure the offensive coordinator for yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers, he sure so, did. Steelers fans, be prepared for Najee Harris to sit 75% of the snaps and have Jalen Warren run every time. I honestly even believe, though that was already this season. I honestly don't think it's a bad hire for the Steelers. Oh, I don't think so either. I think, just, I think it's honestly a good hire. Uh, obviously, he's not going to make those decisions of choosing you know, who's going to get the consistent playing time. Obviously, a lot of that will be if Mike Tomlin sees that somebody's not getting the ball enough, he's going to go tell Arthur Smith, and something tells me that Arthur Smith is going to listen. And um, But again, Arthur Smith has designed – Great run games where he's been. Yeah. No, yeah, he has without a doubt. I mean, Atlanta always had a great run game with Tyler Algier and I guess Bijan this year. Yeah. I mean, before they had Derrick Henry, and no matter who your offensive coordinator is, you have Derrick Henry, you're going to have one of the best run running game uh, running teams in the whole NFL. So Absolutely. I just think if they can get a quarterback and maybe some receiver help besides Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, who yeah. can separate from the ball, they can actually have a – sufficient offense yeah it's gonna be interesting interesting to see especially with you know how pickens has been this past you know season so mm-hmm. if things do struggle offensively it's gonna be curious to see where things go from there yeah. especially with mike tomlin he's coming back for this season but who knows how much longer he has like because you know rumors are saying that he's thinking about retirement but let's go back about uh, let's go back to another candidate we were talking about earlier uh ben johnson we mentioned him coming back to the detroit lions uh, is anybody a little shocked by that? I am very shocked because I thought I thought he was going to go to Washington. I thought it was close yeah. to a done deal, but I think it's great for uh, Detroit just keeping the offensive offensive core together. With absolutely, uh, but Washington now has to pivot. And is there any ideas you guys have for their next head coach? Uh, it's probably going to be my opinion. Would probably be Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Vrabel yeah. would be. I for, I keep forgetting Vrabel still out there. Or if you're willing to give Belichick all control, like that was the top rumor that we heard. First right. rumor we heard when uh, rumors were saying that he might step away. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going to the Commanders. But I really do think that the Commanders. I think they're definitely going to get. 
I don't know. It's really weird because I'm hearing a lot of different stuff. And you know, like I said, just said about the rumors. But Caleb Williams is another name being floated out there. Mm-hmm. They're like, are like um, I know they're not getting the – my bad. I completely just messed up. I thought – for some reason, I thought the commanders had the number one pick. For, uh, it's okay. For well, what pick do they have? But, but they have the second overall pick. Okay, that's what I thought. But I was just saying, like, uh, a lot of people are saying, like um, – I think it's just the new ownership, and a lot of people are scared of like how that's going to be about. With but, Josh Harris, yeah, and mm. and also Magic Johnson, just to throw that out. There. Oh, yeah, don't sure forget they, Magic. Shout out him. Yeah, you can't the, forget his. Nah, the thing with Magic Johnson is I I love it because I think the day pr- day after the game he tweets like the most basic thing, like the most basic Great recap. Analysis. Yeah, Great analysis. <laughs> the, the game's over. It's been twenty four hours. Man, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. He led the game-winning <laughs> drive to beat our Washington Commanders. It's That's the funny. game happened 24 hours ago. That's funny. So I I love tuning into Magic Johnson Twitter. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing beats Magic Johnson. It's showtime every time. <laughs> but let's go on. Keep going on down these candidates. Uh, Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slovic, we as thought... well as Gerard Johnson, quarterback coach for the Texans. Oh wow, okay. I did they not both know that. got a. They both resigned and got a raise. Okay. The Texans. Good for them. So good for the Texans. They're both keeping huge pieces for like what we saw for uh, their offense, and um, you saw how good they were this season, beating expectations. And now they get keeping both two of their. Huh, now they're keeping huh, two of their like most important pieces Absolutely. of that offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Going on to Andy Reid, I thought there was rumors of him retiring. Apparently, there's rumors of him not retiring, and that wouldn't be surprising if the Chiefs yeah. win it all. Tanner, you were, you were right. I'm sorry, I, I'm doubting you. I, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank I'll you give me your flowers. I think if you're a, I think if you're a head coach and you've got who somebody who will likely be the greatest quarterback of all time on your football team, and I think, and especially if you're an offensive guy, I think it's going to delay your retirement a pretty good amount because I think it's one of those things you might as well, you know. I mean, what else do you have to lose? You, <laughs> exactly. You, well, yeah, like you said, they're probably going to have the greatest quarterback of all time when it's all said and done because Patrick Holmes is, what, still like 25? I think he's older than 27. 27? He's like up there now. Lamar's 28. Jeez. Lamar's yeah. 28? Yeah. Are, are you sure about that? I'm positive. No, really not. Mahomes is 28. 28, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let is me Lamar find. 28? I think he is. I thought Lamar was like... 26. March 27. 27. 27. So All right. Not that same still, yeah. But um, going on to the you know place that Andy Reid used to coach, Philadelphia, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, um, no surprise there. He's staying. Uh, but big changes at the coordinator's position. Kellen Moore's coming over from the Chargers, and Vic Fangio's coming over for the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had you muted there, uh, Evan. Do you want to go ahead and make he's a comment? He's awful. I'm so glad he's gone. <laughs> We're gonna get into that a little bit, a little bit more, because I do have a comment on that hire. Um, you're referring to Vic Fangio, obviously being the Dolphins fan, um, but Kyle Scott, also the former DB coach here at the University of Alabama, he's now being hired. Um, Carl Scott. Carl Scott. I'm sorry, autocorrect. Fix my nose. <laughs> Jeez, Connor. <laughs> well, I mean, might as well get it right. You know, I'm sorry. I'm doing terrible. At I my forgive job you. I forgive you, Jalen. <laughs> but Lord. what a hire of bringing in Kellen Moore from the Chargers. The Eagles were 32nd in, in motion rate um, this season alone, and the Chargers were sixth with 68%. Um, I think this is a great hire offensively. And I do as well. I, I think if you're an Eagles fan, you've got to be really happy with this move. I, yes, I'm very happy. Uh, the only thing that worries me is Kellen Moore has sometimes gone away from the run game as of, what, the last few years, but – I think getting in the training camp with Jeff Stoutland, who's a, the run game coordinator, I think them getting to, getting to know each other and just 
deciding what we're going to do in the ne- uh, next season, I think that will be big. And I, I honestly think he's going to maximize A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith with, I mean, didn't target the middle of the field at all last season. So seeing some of the route trees Keenan Allen was running last year, I'm excited about this hire. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic hire, and like you said, if there's any, if he forgets to run the ball, I promise you there will be Philly fans waiting outside to remind him to run the ball. <laughs> um, Vic Fangio coming over for the Dolphins, like we just talked about, a little bit of an interesting situation there. Um, he was kind of, you know, Connor, you know this guy's an Eagles fan. He was kind of an assistant, someone, an advisor during that year. They went to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. when Jonathan Gannon wasn't blessing at all. They brought in. Vic Fangio, and he's been on the sideline. A lot of people thought they were going to bring him the year following, but it turns out they went with Sean Desai because they, uh, Vic Fangio got an offer to go to Miami. But now this is where things get interesting. Um, it was a mutual agreement to part ways. It's not like he was fired. Apparently, like the Evans referring to, a lot of the Miami players apparently weren't very happy with Vic Fangio and the way he ran the defense. And apparently on Vic Fangio's side, He's saying, he's saying a lot of the young players on that team defensively are just all about that Miami lifestyle. So <laughs> Vic Fiangio, who has family in Pennsylvania, finds himself in the with the Philadelphia Eagles finally. So let me get your opinion, Evan, starting with the Dolphins fan. What's, um, what's your opinion on that move, and what do you think about all this? Being on Dolphins Twitter, I've definitely seen both sides be talked about. Being a Dolphins fan, watching this defense the whole year, there were ups and downs, but... There were some times I could just tell they weren't playing Dolphins football. And by that, I mean the past five or six years, Dolphins defense has been takeaways and blitzes. Cover zero, playing man, matching your best Xavier Howard in the past, Jalen Ramsey now, matching the best corner on the best receiver, and just letting the guys play. And that would result in sometimes blowouts, but also keep the games close when it mattered. With Vic Bangio... It was frustrating because we had a decent defense. We kept Buffalo down to 21, but there were just some boneheaded things. Like in the playoff game, they kept on throwing these stupid blitzes at Patrick Mahomes, and none of them worked because he would just wait it out and then throw under the coverage. So I'm glad he's gone. But on the personal side of it, you could definitely tell the Dolphins players didn't respect him like they did to the other coaches like Anthony Campanelli. And I think that does go to... He just kind of alienated himself. He's an older guy. He does have that family in Pennsylvania. There's been a lot of sources saying he wasn't, or Miami wasn't his first choice. He wanted to go to Philadelphia anyways. So it didn't seem like he wanted to be there. Seemed like he could have given some of the players hard times or not just been uncooperative. And we definitely saw that with Cam Smith. Great college tape. He got maybe five minutes of playing time the entire season. So... I think it's good for the younger players on the team. I see. I know Vic Banjo has the potential in the mind to be a good quarterback, but with what Miami's going for, he definitely wasn't right for us. I definitely know what you're talking about. I've seen the same things about the disconnect between Banjo and the players. And I don't know what that was for, but I think one thing that will help with the Eagles is the coordinate as the position coaches he's bringing over. I mean, Carl Scott. He uh, he had. Four Pro Bowlers at his time as a DB coach with the Seattle Seahawks. He was also the former DB coach for uh, Alabama, who he coached up guys like Patrick Sertain, Trayvon Diggs, Brian Branch, Xavier McKinney. Who's a free Xavier agent? Xavier McKinney, <laughs> and I think he will bring great, great success with this DB DB room who needs it badly because last season was 
very hard to watch as a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. But then also going down to the uh, defensive line coach that they're bringing in from uh, Seattle. What's his name? Um, it's like Clint Hugh or something, like something like that. It's like, I do think, not know. I think it's Clint Hurt. Yeah, that, that's yeah, what it is. That's what it is. It's he, a good defensive line coach name. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he's huge. Have you seen his pictures? Yeah. No. He is like Hulk. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, Imagine a, like a ripped milk dud. A ripped wow. milk uh, dud. Like kind of. Just because he's like 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 in okay. that That's shape. an interesting. <laughs> like he's <laughs> huge. I know like, Connor's not going to yeah. comment on that. But uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is, I mean, he's been under, he was under uh, Vic Vangio's Bears defensive, Bears defense during the mid mid 2010s like 2014 to 2016 that was which, when Fangio really started that cover six which everyone fell in love with yeah that's when he started going uh, started getting all the praise with the coverages but then also that d-line was insane and that was with Cleo Mack Akeem Hicks that they had probably the best defense for a couple of years under Vic Fangio and his uh coaching the d-line so I think the the coaches he's bringing in will definitely elevate the defense in the next season I know we're both excited, being the Eagles fans that we are, and and I know Evan, I know you're kind of down. Excited. I mean, you should be. I mean, like the Dolphins just got done interviewing Leslie Frazier. He was the old Bills defensive coordinator. There's a name that I like. I think deserves a lot more respect. I know Joe you said Brady to the Dolphins. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I think they just named Joe Brady as the official OC, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. they did uh, okay. for the Bills. But um, before we go to break, or I mean, end our show. I'm sorry, we're not going to go into any more breaks. But before we end our show, quickly, just to talk about the Panthers. Panthers are hiring new general manager Dan Morgan, staying in house, and hiring head coach Dave Scanner. Con- uh, Con- Canales. 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 Yeah, I wrote it like how I wrote it on my notes. Probably, <laughs> I didn't knew it's I was okay. going to mess it up. It's okay. But I think uh, that's important to know because that's someone who we spoke a lot about last week, saying like did. he's been very impressive. His rec, uh, his resume, working with Geno Smith, helping him win Comeback Player of the Year, now reviving Baker Mayfield's career. I know it was a little risky because it was his first year being the offensive coordinator. We also signed him for six years. Yeah, that's so, that's hey, that's Tepper. <laughs> if if I come if I'm back here next year and talking about oh I hope we get Ben Johnson, someone help me. That's my only <laughs> that's my only I take because I will truly be. Down, down the drain. Hopefully he is your guy, and I hope you guys – I do think you guys have found your guy, but I'll just say this. like, I mean, I think Tepper's fully committed. I mean, that's one thing I about sure Tepper. I sure hope so. When, he's, when, he's, when he wants something, he's going to spend any amount of money to go I've get got it. a lot of stuff to say about David Tepper that I'll save for next week. But. Yeah. But, well, with that being said, you are listening to the student section NFL. Thank you for being with us this evening. You all have a good night. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.